0: Welcome to Tonight's Tale, a fairy tale theater podcast. We are going through every episode of Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater in alphabetical order. I'm your host, Emily from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm joined by my always beautiful co host, Eric.
1: I'm Eric from New York.
0: This month, we are joined by our friend Melina. Hi, I'm Melina from Nunavut. And this month, we are reviewing the episode Jack in the Beanstalk, which has Never been a favorite of mine, I'll be quite honest. Before we do our rewatch, Eric, do you have the background information on this episode? Yes, Jack and the
1: Beanstalk was from season two, episode four. It aired on September 8th, 1983. It was directed by Lamont Johnson, and it was written by Mark Curtis and Rod Ash. It was actually filmed October 19th, 1982 to October 23rd, 1982. Quick filming. Yeah, quick turnaround. Yeah. Only a couple days.
0: Before we go into our rewatch, what is the very first thing that springs to mind when you think of this episode, Melina?
2: What I remember the most of watching it as a kid, I think I only saw it once or twice, but Jerry Hall in The Harp, that's like... (laughs) <laughs> one thing that I like distinctly remember wow and then also
0: <laughs> that's yeah. a surprising answer because that's such a very short cameo I know I,
2: I know but I remember that and I also remember when he climbs the beanstalk for the first time and sees the dude with the weird nose, <laughs> dude with the
0: weird nose. yeah I know exactly who you mean and I'll have plenty to say about the dude with the weird nose Eric, what, what, are your, <laughs> what are your first thoughts when you think of the episode Jack and the Beanstalk?
1: I love Elliot Gould's
0: oh yeah
1: giant in this. He's probably like my favorite part of the whole thing because there were even parts that I remembered really liking and laughing at that I chuckled at during the rewatch. And he's probably one of my favorite parts of it. The ridiculous wig. I think every scene that they have him, the food just keeps adding to the wig, the little particles of food. <laughs>
0: i think i noticed that
1: and it's just so camp it's so over the top and i love him in this episode he's probably my favorite part so yeah that's my favorite part i would say the episode 100
0: i'll give that to you i did like elliot gold in the part of the giant actually i thought that was excellent casting i remember really liking the cast and i honestly remember hating this episode i've never liked this episode it's always been At the bottom of my list, ever since, you don't even need to review what I wrote when I was in sixth grade. I remember I hated this episode, (laughs) and I'm not going to deny it. So that's what springs to mind. I remember this episode being boring. I remember thinking the dialogue was very cartoonish. Now, that's what springs to mind. Oh, I also hated the art direction. I thought it looked kind of ridiculous. You could tell that they weren't actually on sets most of the time. I agree with that. I agree with that. Some of my opinions have softened on this rewatch. I will say that, but that was just my first impressions when I sat down to do the rewatch. But I agree with both of you. I remember Jerry Hall having a great cameo and Elliot Gould, I thought, was perfectly cast as the giant. He was eating that part up with a fork and a spoon. He loved it. So how familiar are you with the original source material, Eric?
1: Not super familiar, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, same. I don't think I ever read the original. It's one of the few original English fairy tales, I think. But I mean, like all kids, we had the picture book. But Melina, I think you brushed up on it lately.
2: I did. So there are actually two versions of the story. The first one was... Andrew Lang in 1807 and the more well-known version that this episode is based off of is the Joseph Jacobs episode from 1890. And that's the one that has kind of become more popular over time with the fee-fi-fo-fum. And so it's very true to the original story with the cow not producing milk anymore and having to take her to market, but trading her for beans instead. So it's very true to the Joseph Jacobs version.
0: I think Andrew Lang was a Scotsman. And if I'm remembering correctly, Joseph Jacobs, I think, was Australian. But yes, I seem to remember that he had, quote unquote, the definitive telling of this story. But now, Melina, you probably remember this better than me. I remember the endings being a little different, like as far as what happened to the giant. I could be way out on this, but I remember the endings being a little different, even from The fairy tale theater episode, Mm. just like a subplot involving Jack's father. I do not remember being in the original fairy tale. Yeah, like in the version I read, his
2: dad is dead. His dad has passed away because they refer to his mother as the widow. Mm. So he is dead. He has passed away in this version. And then the ending of this is similar to the story that we know where he's getting chased by the giant, he climbs down. Chops the tree down, the beanstalk, well, tree, the beanstalk. (laughs) And they topple over and then the giant fell down and broke his crown.
0: (laughs) Well said. So what do you remember thinking of the episode when you first saw it? I think I've already made my thoughts clear, Eric.
1: (laughs) I actually remember liking this one.
0: Okay. Hey, that's fine. Do you remember why?
1: (laughs) I just remember I love the campiness of it. I liked, like I said, Ellie cooled I don't know. I just, there was something about it that I really liked back then. I don't think I liked it as much this time around. But but, I mean, the cast is great. Gene Stapleton's always great. I mean, L.A. Gould, obviously.
0: Dennis Christopher. We haven't mentioned him yet and he's our lead.
1: Yeah, Dennis Christopher is great in it. And then, of course, you have from watching reruns of Soap back in the day.
0: Oh, Catherine Hellman.
1: Yeah, Catherine Hellman. Loved her so yeah so I mean the casting's great I mean I like the episode for that Mm -hmm. and I think that's what stood out for me to be honest with you for the episode
0: Melina do you remember what you first thought of the episode back when you first saw it? Uh, I think so well I think I only
2: watched it like once or twice as a child because it wasn't one that I was a big fan of because I wasn't really a fan of the original story and for me the original story whether I like it or not kind of helps me decide if I'm going to watch something even as a child (laughs) No, that makes sense. So yeah. And I remember thinking that Jack's mom was just like super annoying. Like (laughs) I did not like her. I just found her like, bitch, why are you crying all the time? I just I remember just finding her really annoying. And I just I don't know. I liked some of the giant jokes and how he's sort of this big dummy. But other than that, it's not one that I like go back to.
0: I hear that. Let's go to our recap of the episode. Now of course. Our very first shot is our introduction by Shelly, and this is a very cute introduction of her on the beanstalk.
3: Tonight's tale is about a young dreamer named Jack, whose fertile mind sprouts ideas like a garden sprouts weeds. But one idea in particular grew to enormous proportions and reaped giant rewards. Jack and the Beanstalk.
0: Now, I actually do have a little... It is cute. I do have a little bit of insight on this one because when I talked to Shelly, we discussed her different introductions and this was the one she mentioned. She really loved how this introduction came together with her on the vine that came down. She said it was technically, it was annoying and apparently the vine she was sitting on hurt and (laughs) everything, but she thought it really came together well. And I agree with her. I really liked the introduction i thought it was very cute how they did that i love her outfit too the flannel
2: the yellow oh my god it's so cute
0: it was cute but that's i find it interesting that out of all the introductions she did that was the one that she cited as if not her favorite she that was the one that just first sprung right into mind and she's going and that vine was uncomfortable <laughs> and they kept me hanging up <laughs> forever <laughs> So I think it was a very good introduction. We get our background music, which I think it was a French horn actually leading the melody. I do like the music in this episode upon rewatch. I was paying attention to that and I I thought it was very moody. It's a little mysterious, but kind of fun. I really enjoyed the music on that. very childlike but i i enjoyed it i might be alone in that <laughs> yeah i didn't
1: i didn't dislike it
0: we've definitely heard worse
1: the composer was frank seraphine is his name just to throw that out there
0: <laughs> yeah i i thought he did a good job believe me there's plenty of things about this episode i can criticize the music is not one of them then we i get think these- you would
1: enjoy him emily because he actually did work on the sound in the original star trek film star trek the motion picture
0: really so, yeah actually i could see that because that had a very long winded score <laughs> emily being a trekkie will never stop being funny to eric i get it i get it it's okay now we get <laughs> the art direction of a cartoon mountain i did not like the art direction here i just did not like it i didn't like it as a kid i don't like it now it just seemed although eric i see what you mean about camp it is very
1: camp but Like the model village? Like, I don't understand. It didn't make sense. Why is there a model village? I always, even as a little kid, I was like, that's not a real town. That's a model. It was giving me the little, like, town that he made in Beetlejuice.
0: I was thinking the same life. thing.
1: <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was just, I didn't, I never understood that. It just, it didn't make sense. It looked fake.
0: It looked fake, but... Upon rewatch, I'm going, okay, it looked fake on purpose. That was definitely a stylized decision that they made. I don't agree with it, but it was intentional. We get our narration, which is done by the great Mark Blankfield, whom we love. We saw him when we reviewed Cinderella, and he played Edgar.
3: Once upon a time, there was a poor widow who lived in a little cottage with her only son, Jack.
0: We love Mark Blankfield. He was wonderful. He's our narrator. I don't love him in this episode. I much preferred him in Cinderella in that one little scene. Yeah. I love it. him as
1: the narrator, though. I think he's great as the narrator.
0: Oh, he did a great job as a narrator. I he's totally got a very
1: agree. soothing voice. It's very soothing.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's got another fairy tale theater connection. He was married for years to Brandis Kemp, who as we all know, was Mama Bear? Oh, from Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Yeah, and later we'll get to her very famous off-screen performance as Nadine in the Three Little Pigs. That was the late great Brandis Kemp and Mark Blankfield. And Brandis Kemp were married for years and years, so that's a good uh, fairy tale theater husband and wife duo.
1: And he's still with us, right? Yes, Mark he Blankfield. is.
0: Yes, he is. Brandis passed away during the COVID pandemic, sadly, but Mark is still with us. So. We get to the interior of Jack's house with his mother giving him an entire bean for dinner. Throwback to the first episode we ever reviewed, Aladdin, where the mother's going, I've got a bean or a fig, which would you prefer? Jack is being served an entire bean for dinner. That's what made me think You know of what me. that reminded me of
2: as well? Do what? you remember the old like Disney fun and fancy free where they have like the little bean and Mickey <gasps> is cutting it You're into right. like yes.
1: I wrote this in my notes. Yes. I wrote this in my notes. Yes.
0: You are absolutely right. He's taking a bean and he's like cutting it like it's a ham. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: I forgot. And very like that. thin paper thin, see through transparent pieces. Oh, I love <laughs> that. Good catch. They, they definitely they definitely <laughs> referenced that because it was the very first item of food that they ate and they, the way she dumped it on the plate and stood there staring at it. It was definitely a reference to Mickey and the Beanstalk, 100%. -hmm.
0: I haven't seen that in so long. So thank you for catching that. We get our narrator explaining that Jack isn't of any real help around the farm. He's more of a dreamer, not a doer. I wrote in my notes, it's just strange how they shot this episode. You can tell that Dennis Christopher and Catherine Hellman were not on a set. It was a back projection. I mean, couldn't have been green screen this was the 80s but some sort of so backstory. cheesy it it was It's was a very dated looking special effect i understand why they did it later for the castle because they needed to make the giants look bigger but why did they need to do that on the farm why what why would they do that it looked bad it looked
1: cheesy. even even when they're inside the house exactly house looks, why you couldn't have just a room it was like it wasn't a like an,
2: production it, well
1: it does <laughs> it wasn't even like an intricate house it was a cottage so it was like a table a kitchen table with two chairs so confused i was like why reuse the hansel and gretel cottage
0: i'm going hansel and gretel had a perfect cottage they had a loft they had a beautiful set hansel and gretel was perfect just use that set i don't understand why they did like a rear projection and it was was so so obvious that the actors were in front of a rear projection and at It just looked bad, and perspectives were all off.
1: Oh, yeah. It was bad.
0: Okay, not just me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I get why they did it later when they get to the Giant's Castle. They need to make Elliot Gould and Gene Stapleton be, you know, like, 10 times bigger than Dennis Christopher. That I understand, but Jack and his mother are the same height, and supposedly they're living in the same house that's relative to their height. Why that part makes no sense we got to a scene it's an interaction between jack and his mother catherine Helmond. i enjoyed how amusing she was in this scene this i think was a year before she got the role i know her most for mona in who's the boss she of she course too- oh yeah yes who didn't love mona in who's the boss <laughs> it was a great show and she stole that show But Katherine Hellman, I wrote down, she's really amusing. She's playing the very poor put-upon mother, and she's trying to explain how Jack is just less than
3: no help. I don't know what we are going to do. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong is our life. Look at us sitting here eating stringy leftover celery. The roof leaks, the seeds won't sprout in my garden, and the cow has been dry for three days now. Spot's dry? Yes. Oh, why didn't you say something? I'll just wake up tomorrow and give it some thought. Old Spot will be giving milk before you can say utter delight.
0: But, you know, Jack's the eternal optimist. She starts to talk about how things were better when his father was alive, and she can't remember what happened to him.
3: (laughs) You always stop when you get to this part. I just can't remember. It was all so horrible. (laughs) What was so horrible? I mean, did he get hit in the head by a donkey? Stabbed in a tavern brawl? What? What was so horrible? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jack. He was very special, though, wasn't he, Mother? Yes. Your father was a very noble man.
0: Now, Melina, we started to talk about this, but correct me if I'm wrong. This is a fairy tale theater thing, isn't it? The subplot of the mother not remembering what happened to the dad, and it turned out the dad was murdered by the giant. I do not remember any of this in the original story.
2: Yeah, that's not in the original story. They don't make mention of his dad at all. Like the only mention sort of is when they're like, his mother was a widow, so we're like, okay, dad's dead. dead. So he, but then there's no. We know other. he had one. <laughs> yes, we know that he had one. We know that he's dead, but that's all that it says. So yeah, this like subplot of the giant and Jack's dad is definitely um, fairy tale theater.
0: That's what I thought, and I didn't particularly care for it. I didn't think this little subplot worked. But Eric, did you have a thought?
1: I feel like they were trying to have like a whole soap opera moment with this. Oh. I just don't. I I thought it was a reach. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was a little bit of a reach. Like, you want to, you really want to connect what, or maybe justify, because really, if you think about it, the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, Jack is kind of a jerk.
0: Yeah. And he commits murder basically at the end. But if he's he's a he's a murderer,
1: he's a thief, he's a murderer. Yeah, these are revenging his father. And that was rightfully, all these things are rightfully his.
0: And Eric, I, I agree. I, I think it's because they're trying to justify the ending. But we are starting to see the building of that backstory that we will learn more about in the future. Next, we go to the classic Jack and the Beanstalk story, which is the cow won't give milk. So ironically,
2: the cow is named milky white
0: oh that's the name in, uh, <laughs>
2: into the woods it is yeah which is a favorite of mine ironically but in, uh, um in so tale cow- theater it's spot it's spot yeah i'm kind of let down they didn't keep it milky white but that's okay so in the original story, Milky White gave no milk and they don't know what to do. And it's because she's older, you know, cows have to be bred to continue getting milk. So he's going to take the cow to market to try and sell her, we're assuming for meat because I feel like she is too old to do work on the farm, she's too old to breed for milk. So we're
0: assuming he's I going didn't to take her to market. Put that together, wow. <laughs> I'm just realizing how naive I was. <laughs>
1: have you know, probably probably meat and cowhide.
0: Exactly. I was so naive. I did not put that together. I'm like, oh, they're going to sell her so she has a nice home in the country. I That went right over my We're going to
1: send her to the farm. <laughs> <laughs> Where she's going to retire. Yeah,
0: Just
2: she's going to retire and live a nice life in the English countryside. Okay, I'm sorry. I
0: did not see that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and obviously Jack loves this cow. She's been a pet. She's been a member of the family. So he doesn't really want to sell her because he knows what will happen to her. So he runs into a funny looking man who we later meet in this episode when he climbs the beanstalk in the clouds. But in the original story, the funny looking man gives him beans and then just disappears.
0: Yeah, I get that. Now, in fairy tale theater, we've got, well, we've got two people in a cow costume which was one of the things that bugged me when I was a kid. But upon rewatch, I'm watching the slapstick with the cow doing the splits. And I'm finally understanding what they were trying to do. They were doing with this style, they were going for an English pantomime. That's what they were doing. It took me decades to get it, but I finally got it. With the cartoony backdrops, the animal costumes, a man in drag these are all classical English pantomimes and for a classical English fairy tale that makes sense all of a sudden I finally got it on this rewatch that's what they were doing that's and they actually did a very good job for what they were going for I just didn't particularly enjoy it but that is what they were doing and I'm amazed it took me three decades to figure that out (laughs) when you're a kid you know what English pantomime is though (laughs) <laughs> like i didn't know maybe if you grew up in england going to the pantomime shows but i grew up in Detroit, fair so okay. no <laughs> fair enough
1: i only learned what panto was because of rupaul's drag race uk so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they that, had a
1: challenge on there
0: <laughs> of course they did but now that i've said it can you guys see it yes
1: oh yeah for sure
0: okay so
2: it has been decided that jack needs to bring spot to sell her to market because obviously they're dirt poor so he's on his way and then he runs into mark blankfield yeah so he runs into him he doesn't have a name the character doesn't have a name that's why i'm just referring to him as him
0: (laughs) because it's so he runs into him (laughs) as opposed to her when he later appears in a dress got it (laughs)
2: exactly exactly So he runs into him and it's the whole like, where are you going? What's up? Oh, I got to bring my cow. Very much like in the story where he gets stopped by a stranger. And it's like, you know what I can give you? That's better than any money you have ever received. And because Jack is sort of, I don't know if naive or childlike is the right word, but I think he just is so desperate to not give spot to someone who... Will possibly kill her. He's like, This seems like a good trade. You seem like an okay dude.
3: I tell you what, Jack, I am willing to offer you five beans for this cow. Mm. Huh. Oh, that's absurd. Do you take me for the village idiot? Five measly beans in exchange for this wonderful cow? Huh. Come on spot we don't need to waste any more time here wait a second jack these aren't just any kind of beans These is magic beans i'll
2: take these beans that these precious go beans
0: so many different directions <laughs> mm-hmm. hey good better than money i got these magic beans that that could go in so many different different ways exactly At first
1: he's like you want to take these beans and he goes what do you take me for the village idiot he well, goes yeah. I'm not taking the beans, but they're magic. Oh, oh. magic, you say.
2: <laughs> it's so cute, actually, because you can totally see a kid believing that these beans actually have magic and powers. And he actually does, like Jack actually does a good job of selling the childlike innocence and imagination. Completely agree. Which agreed. I do kind of commend Dennis Christopher. Because it's not too over the top, but it's believable that he's playing much younger than himself.
0: He is, and this is also what I meant by pantomime. This is exactly a pantomime performance because, well, for our listeners who aren't familiar with it, it's meant to be live, very often in front of children and encouraged, you know, audience participation. I thought Dennis Christopher was giving a great pantomime performance, which is, oh, magic. Oh, and, you know, the kids in the live audience would go, oh, <laughs> that's the type of acting yeah case yeah case. yeah so it it made oh, yeah sense. he
2: makes it very believable agreed makes it very believable I don't know I would have taken money personally but I understand where he's coming from so we don't make it to market obviously and how do we think mom feels about that well just in the original story oh my goodness it is hilarious so in the original story she's kind of like verbally abusive <laughs> really Oh yeah, she like calls him names all the time. So when he comes oh, home, the beans that's, in the that's story. I disappointing to hear, but I'm gonna, right, I'm going to quote it directly from the story I have open in front of me. Okay. So he just presented the beans to his mom and is explaining their magic. Plant them, they'll grow overnight. What says Jack's mother? Have you been such a fool, such a dolt, such an idiot? <laughs> Ooh, harsh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I do see where she's coming from. I mean, I mean, you, I do. You shouldn't fuck your too. kid that way, but he seriously just traded the only asset you have for five beans. Exactly. Exactly. So I would, I guess, as a
2: parent, I would also be like, What the fuck are you doing? And again, and I she love was how very mom... clear she, when when she sent he him was. off to market, she's like, You've got one job. You had one job. <laughs> Exactly. So he failed his one job. And then, but can you imagine though being like dirt poor and like starving and hoping to sell your only asset for some sort of money? And then your kid comes home.
0: But the beans are magic, mom.
2: <laughs> exactly. Oh, but you know, he's such a dreamer. His head is kind of in the clouds. And so I'm, I guess I'm, rather I'm than with being... the
0: mom on that one. I mean, you yeah. shouldn't verbally abuse your kid, but I do get where she's coming from. <laughs> exactly. Can I can oh, I go, go ahead you? Because I, I think I just I just noticed a difference in the story because in fairy tale theater, he doesn't say how the beans are magic or what they'll do. He just says they're magic. And he goes, oh, magic. Well, that's good enough for me. And oh, that's very true. And what, what I'm hearing from you is he actually promised a beanstalk in the sky. Yes. Yeah. He says,
2: what do you say to these beans? They're magical. Plant them overnight. So that's what it says in the original and, story. And so the beanstalk, to plant- a magical beanstalk will grow. Exactly. So he's told what will happen, which is true. He isn't told in the fairytale theater episode what will happen. I think to kind of maybe keep the suspense.
0: Yeah. And the naivete. Exactly. So in fairytale theater, uh, and then, just knocks yeah. him out of his hand into the garden.
2: Exactly. Which also is what happens in the original story as well. But like she grabs them from Jack and throws them out the window. So oh, okay. it's very similar how they end up outside because mom throws them or tosses them or and then I don't know how they ended up in soil. <laughs> I don't know how they got planted. They just got
0: tossed. I this but they're magic. They got I don't watered know they... and, you know, grew into a beanstalk into the sky, Melina.
2: <laughs> it obviously, it doesn't follow regular botanical rules. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you start to apply logic to the story of Jack and the Beanstalk. I can't help you. <laughs>
2: I know it just. I know it just ruins it. It just ruins it if you. Try but to I just love. Mom. I
1: love that Jack's mom is like Jack, Jack. can I see your magic beans for a minute? He's like, sure. She just throws him and slaps him across <laughs> the face. It's funny. It's a funny moment.
0: Yeah, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. Jack's mom made it pretty clear exactly what she thought about those magic beans right then and there.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So poor Jack is a little heartbroken, a little sad. He thought
1: mom. (laughs) I'm
0: sorry. I am with the mom on this one. I mean that too.
1: And then she sends him to bed with no supper. Oh darn! I'm going to miss that green bean. That one soggy green bean.
0: <laughs> you know what? She earned that last green bean. She gave her son one job and he failed at it. So that last green bean goes to her. I am totally on board with that. Mm-hmm. I am So mom. he goes
2: to bed. Right? So he goes to bed in his little red jammies. Okay, now his then jammies were the cute.
0: His jammies. They were really
2: fucking <laughs> cute, actually. Were they footed?
0: Did you notice they it had the little back door over the butt <laughs> that little oh, yeah. kids? I loved that. That was adorable. Oh, yeah.
2: That was actually quite funny. That costume was very clever.
0: Like I think Dennis Christopher was like pushing 30 at the time. Good for him for being game for putting that costume on. I very <laughs> much applaud
1: him. <laughs> Didn't we find Catherine Hellman's sleeping sounds quite disturbing? Oh.
0: I thought they were funny. She wasn't quite snoring, but she was she was doing a very interesting like almost a oh,
1: like kind of talking, but kind of not. Yeah. Like breathing?
0: Well <laughs> clearly we wanted to hear her asleep and she didn't want to snore. So that's that's the happy medium they came up with. I yeah, I liked it. <laughs> It was odd, but honestly, my roommate in college made stranger noises in her sleep. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is my favorite moment in the episode when he looks out the window and he sees it growing.
3: They are magic. I knew it
1: and you see the moonlight coming into his window and he puts on his socks and he's like, I'm going to go climb the beanstalk from the window. And that's always the shot. Remember they show in the CBS Fox trailer. Yeah, Yeah, we show that.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting that they pretty much show the point of view from the beanstalk. You don't really see the beanstalk growing. You kind of, you hear the sound, you see the shadows and then Jack opens, the window looks up and it's the beanstalk's point of view. I thought it was a very interesting way of shooting it and it worked I very effective it was very effective I I completely agree next we have Jack climbing the beanstalk
1: and he gets to the top and he meets who they call by the way I looked on the credits they do call Mark Blankfield's character which is very odd to me they call his character fairy
0: yeah don't
1: really know how she's a fairy
0: well okay Flying in the air in a dress. I and then his
1: other character is strange little man.
0: Well, that one I'll completely agree with.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so he meets Mark Blankfield's character, fairy.
0: Another classic pantomime character.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: I fairy. I just wrote Blankfield in my notes.
1: (laughs) You just wrote Blankfield. Blankfield in drag. So he meets the fairy, quote-unquote, and she tells him about the giant where the kingdom
3: lives in fear, and he lives in that castle. This beautiful, wondrous kingdom is ruled by a very, very mean and wicked giant who lives in yon castle. For years, this giant has terrorized the people, laid waste to the land, and stolen everything he's ever wanted. All who live here live in fear for their
1: lives. And she's like, and that's all I'm going to tell you. Goodbye. And she bounces.
0: The other thing that I thought was strange is we as viewers, we are supposed to recognize that this fairy person is the same as the, would you call him, odd little man, strange little man, because they use the same line. How'd you know my name was Jack? Oh, this land is full of Jacks. They they give him slash her the exact same line. It's like, we are supposed to recognize that it's the same person. I don't know why. I'm not sure what the point of that was, but it's interesting. Even later, Jack goes, oh, it was you up in the clouds. I don't get it. wig. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what that meant, but it's interesting that they specifically gave- the fairy the exact same line as the strange little man
1: well she also really doesn't put on a voice it's pretty much the same voice yeah you know it's like she's trying to put on a different persona really she has the same voice but i do like the clouds and i like the atmosphere up there in the clouds with the fog and i do like that i I agree like the the ambiance of it with the castle set in the back now i I do i think it's effective
0: Yeah, I completely agree. This is the one artistic choice I'm on board with. It worked. This effect worked with the clouds and everything, and even though it's clearly a fake castle in the background, this one I was on board with. I liked this set. This is the one art direction piece I liked. So next we get Jack showing up at the castle door, and we get the great Jean Stapleton as the giant's wife.
3: We are nothing but a boy! What are you doing here? Uh, I'm hungry. I I I was wondering if you had... Little boys don't come to this castle because they know they'll be eaten up. I'm sorry. I'm new to
0: these parts. You should go away. Go on. Shoot. Now, a couple months ago, we reviewed Cinderella, where she played the fairy godmother. I believe this episode actually aired before Cinderella. So we're, we're doing it in opposite order. So she played this role first. Then yes. she got to glam up and be the fairy godmother, which I yes. totally approve of. Good for you, Jean Stapleton. But here she plays the giantess. Later, she calls herself an ogress, the giant's wife. And she is wonderful. She was still pretty much hot off all in the family. I love Jean Stapleton. I thought she gave a great performance
1: here. And she's very nice to him. He convinces her to let him in and give him something to eat.
0: Yes. And she goes, well, yeah, you you can come in and eat, but you'll have to help me with the chores. And he admits quite readily he's not very good with chores. And then right when she's ready to go, well, okay, too bad. He's like, but I'm willing to learn. And I I wrote in my notes, since when, Jack, you never offered with your mother. (laughs) You've always been lazy with your mom. Your mom's been trying to get you to help for years. And oh, no, but the ogres you want to pitch in for. Okay.
1: I I love that. It's so funny. And then lo and behold, in the middle of, oh, he's sweeping, right? He's sweeping the floor.
0: Inside the castle. He's sweeping. And it's before he can really eat, I think. But the ground starts to shake. And we get a wonderful entrance of the great Elliot Gould as the giant. So
2: doesn't he like hit his head off of the doorframe? Every single time. Yes, every single time. Because he doesn't learn that he has to duck just a little bit more. But you can hear him coming down the stairs. And I love how they kind of make it look like the camera's like shaking. Just so we can kind of understand the sheer size of this this big giant. And so he's just...
0: Did this remind like anyone else too, of like- Jurassic Park with the Tyrannosaurus? Coming oh, a little bit. Water shaking. That's a good point. It was yeah. that kind of build and up. And you're like tensing. Yeah, because there's quite a build
2: up. And obviously, as a kid, you're like kind of tense. Like, what is this guy going to look like? And then he hits his head on the doorframe. And then Gene Stapleton is like, hi, honey. <laughs> and he has this ridiculous black wig, this. Beard, he clearly has a prosthetic nose on. He's holding this like bat club thing. In one hand,
0: the of... got the honeymooner's lunch pail. He's just home from work. It's so cute.
2: That's right. What I love about the bat slash club as well is that he would Elliot Gold would later be Casey at the bat. I and the tales and legends. So
0: I caught the exact same yeah, thing. I'm well, like, that's like... foreshadowing. Yes, I, I know exactly what exactly. you mean. Exactly. A because, little
2: foreshadowing
0: there. Yeah, if our listeners are confused, in uh, Shelly Duvall's kind of sequel series, Tall Tales and Legends, Elliot Gould played Casey at the Bat, famous baseball player. So yeah, I, I caught the exact same thing. I went, that's foreshadowing. And knowing Shelley, she already had him in mind for Casey at the Bat. Oh, 100%.
2: So he sits down at the table and he has not had a good day. Do we ever find out what he does? Like what his job is? It's being a wicked giant. That's right.
1: Set fire to a village. Ate a couple of breaths.
0: <laughs> but he stops because he starts to smell something. And I give this 100% to Elliot Gould. He sold that very famous line.
3: Mm-hmm. Five, four, five. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread.
0: <laughs> I he did a really good job. An Englishman, or, you know, I think Dennis Christopher is
2: from Pennsylvania, but either way. <laughs> yes, I'll have his bones to grind in my bread, which hey! is historically accurate. Wait, because what? Yeah, so it's historically <laughs> accurate because in... 1589 in Paris, they were super, super poor and they were resorting to eating everything from horses to street rats. And during one siege, they ended up turning to cannibalism. And instead of using yeast, they used human bones. In oh, bread. so that's where that comes from.
0: <laughs> Thank you for sharing. So I can understand that. taking that
2: last minute.
0: You cannot see my face, but my, my,
2: my. Delicious. Goodness.
0: That, thank you thank you for sharing that
1: so appetizing
0: you're welcome
2: I like scarring people with random historic trivia
0: I was taking a sip of water and I just slowly put my water down <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that's
0: enough of that but
2: he does a great your homework I give you
0: credit good job <laughs> thank you
2: thank you I'm a history nerd but he does a really good job of the fee-fi-fo-fum and of course oh, yeah. it's the line that we all know he smells in it. He, this Englishman, he smells him like the witches smell children in the Roja doll book. And he's just like, where is it? And yes. obviously his wife is like, "There's what are you talking
0: about? <laughs> she does a good job of covering for Jack. She's like, oh no, you're just smelling what I'm cooking for dinner. And she's very sympathetic towards Jack. She is, and I mean, she even warns him a couple times, like, My husband can't find you if he finds you, he'll eat you. Just so you know, just so we're up front, exactly.
2: About but you know, Jack is not the most exquisite listener, as we have learned.
0: Well, he does have the sense to hide from the giant, yeah, you know, called him I mean, Elliot. <laughs> It's hard. So the only one, seriously, the only character with a name is Jack. Everyone else is giant, giant's wife, fairy, <laughs> Jack's mother. Nobody has a name here. It's okay. Spot, right. Spot
1: has a name. Spot the cow. <laughs> That's yeah. it.
0: Nobody else has a name.
1: Nope. The harp, the hen.
0: <laughs> okay. So I think. We're at the point where the giant demands that his wife bring him his bag of gold
1: after he's done eating his moose. Oh
0: yes, he was eating moose. <laughs> Canadian delicacy, but wasn't she saying it was English moose? I think English
1: so. English moose. Mmm. Are, are you? That's what you a smell. Bunch
0: of, a bunch of moose up there in Canada, Molina.
2: I'll ask the expert. So. In my part of Canada, because I'm in the high Arctic, we have caribou and muskox, but in the rest of Canada, there is an abundance of moose. Yeah, but you eat them? Oh, yeah. You can yeah. only hunt them once a year. There's a bunch of restrictions, obviously. You need, special tags. <laughs> you need not expecting that answer. Yeah. You need special tags. You need special permission. I don't know if it's like this in some parts of the States as well, but when you accidentally hit a deer or a moose or something while you're driving... The oh cops will ask you if you want to keep it for the meat before they dispose of it.
0: I can honestly say I I've never know. accidentally hit a moose.
2: <laughs> Either have I, but I know it's a thing in Canada where if you accidentally hit like venison or something like that, they ask I, if you I, want I to I have
0: heard of that with deer up north that I've heard, but accidentally hitting a moose, I think my car would not survive, but that's me. You,
2: it's <laughs> rare that the person survives, but... <laughs> That car versus the moose, the moose wins. <laughs> oh, the moose always wins.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so the giantess is like when he says, Be five, fo, farm." I smell the blood of an Englishman. She goes, No, I'm making you're smelling the English moose. I'm making English moose, yum. And yeah. then he starts eating, and it's so funny because he like burps and all the it's so camp because he burps the, the plates go flying on the table, and then he's like, Bring me my bag of gold. And I love that because he starts. He starts counting the gold. She's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go wash my hair while you do that. And she disappears. And he starts counting the gold and he can't remember the rhyme to do the counting.
0: <laughs> up to three. I thought this was a perfect example of how this was obviously written for like a, a live children's theater. One, two, one, two. And you can just kind of, I could like picture the children's audience going three. And there's a cut to Dennis Christopher in his hiding place going three. And Gene Stapleton shouting off screen, three,
3: four, uh, shut the door. Oh right, yeah. Three, four, shut the door. Five, six, pick up sticks.
1: He can't get past nine now, Nine-ten. Can't get past that. So he during tried. the rewatch, I admit
0: it. I admit it during the rewatch. I couldn't remember how the rest of that rhyme went, 9, 10, and I had to look it up because it was really bothering me. <laughs> it's a big fat hen, by the way.
1: Big fat hen. Yep.
0: I'm like, I could not. I actually had to stop my rewatch and do a Google search. I'm like, this will bother me for the rest of the day if I do not look it up. Anyways, he falls asleep because trying to count, you know, past nine is exhausting. And Jack creeps across the floor and steals the gold
1: yes he does he grabs it and he runs away sprints
0: i I wrote down considering the fact that the giant had trouble counting past two you know Jack probably could have gotten away with Dealing, you know, not everything. And he never would have noticed. But when he took the full belt, then of course he noticed. The giant can't count past two. How would he know if Jack took most of it? He's just He should have been a little more savvy, in my opinion.
1: I just love when he wakes up. This is probably one of the moments that I always laugh at. And I, I love this part when he wakes up. And then he notices the bag is gone. And he's like, where's my gold? And he's freaking out. He breaks the chair. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he goes, he goes, I'm going to find him, and when I find him, I'm going to drink his legs and hey. rip off his head with my bear, my bear things. Things. He couldn't remember the name of what hands are called. He couldn't remember the name for hands.
0: This is not the most intelligent giant. This giant was not a rogue Scholar.
1: Uh, and the giantess is coming down. She's, like, drying her hair with a towel. That was and great. Looking, that. And she's like, what? where could it be? I mean, where could it have gone? And then she looks, she sees the closet door open and she's like, oh no, there, that's what happened. But and she knows
0: her husband. She comes up with a plausible explanation that he must have eaten it.
1: Yeah. You must have ate it. You know, your, your appetite. You must. Oh yeah. You are right. He says <laughs> so funny.
0: Well, she knows her man. I'll give her that. He fell for it. And so Jack makes it down the beanstalk with all the gold coins.
1: And at this moment, he gets down the beanstalk and his mom's like, oh, my God, I'm so worried, Jack. Thank God. And he comes down, goes, mother, you'll never guess what I got. And he takes the sack and he empties it. Now, this part always irritated me. Does it irritate either one of you that he decides to empty the sack of coins right there on the grass? Like, why are we doing that?
0: Well, that doesn't bother (laughs) me. What bothers me is the coins seem to have shrunk in size during the journey down the beanstalk. I mean, one gold coin should have been the size of Jack's head.
1: Right, that too. I mean, he was counting them like they were perfect size for the giant to count.
0: Yeah, that bothered me when I was a kid. I'm like, did the coin shrink when he goes down the beanstalk? Perspective was all wrong on this.
1: They're magic coins, Emily. Magic.
0: Right, okay. Magic. (laughs) all of of my own advice do not apply logic to jack and the beanstalk this fairy tale by definition makes no sense
1: but what does make sense is that jack and his mother they fly through the money they buy the nicest clothes i like they buy the nicest clothes they have the nicest meals they're drinking wine and then in the next scene you're seeing them with one left one little coin left and that's it and
0: let this be a lesson to all of us save at least 10 percent
1: save don't spend it all but you know they hadn't seen money like that so they got a little excited a little carried away and then jack is coming up with his little plans
3: i know we can sell dirt we have plenty of dirt in the garden nobody buys dirt rocks then we could clean them up open up a little rock stand we'll put signs along the road so when the travelers come okay maybe not (laughs)
1: <laughs> so he goes, you know, I'm going to go back at the beanstalk. She's like, no, Jack, you can't. It's too dangerous.
3: Well, He's you like, come nope, up with a I'm better idea.
1: <laughs> He's like, well, I forbid you to do it. So he says, okay, whatever you say. So at night, he waits till she falls asleep again, with and he goes up the
3: beanstalk. Prices. The only thing Jack oh. could think about was going back up the beanstalk, even though he knew he'd be punished. Oh. With the
1: weird noises again, because clearly she has sleep apnea. So, (laughs) and night terrors, because she makes strange noises in her sleep. So, (laughs) I was disturbed by those sounds. I don't know about you, but I couldn't sleep in a house where I had to listen to that all night.
0: I thought it was just done for comedic (laughs) effect. It it didn't. (laughs) Melina.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think I agree with the sleep apnea. (laughs) <laughs> uh, like yeah i don't know if, it's, if it sounds like a wailing ghost or just
0: you're right not
2: a good time it's like
3: exactly like, I'm, like, I'm
2: like are you enjoying what's going on or are you not like are you having bad dreams what's are you having good dreams i'm a little confused
0: there were less disturbing girl? noises in boy who left home and the castle <laughs>
1: You good girl? She
0: has a little PTSD.
2: I don't know.
1: I love, I know, it. I, I love it. I think it's too funny. It's It does add a moment. Because we're talking about it. So clearly it stood out. So yeah. So he climbs up the beanstalk. And makes it up. And flash forward to him being in the clouds again.
0: Runs and there's the fairy. fairy again.
1: again. And this time she's helpful to him. And she gives him. You know you got to go in there with a disguise. If you're going to go in there again. And I love that she gives him. Like those little from back when we were kids, those those, those glasses with the no nose <laughs> attached. Yeah, the the Groucho Marx glasses.
0: <laughs> she also accidentally mentions that everything in that palace belongs to you anyway. He goes, What? Wait, what? And she goes, Never mind, I didn't say that. I must have been in the clouds too long. She doesn't actually explain. Oh. Uh,
1: yeah, she just drops it for him and he's too dense. He won't get that hint. So but he does take the advice with the disguise and it's really funny when he sees the giantess because she's like
3: i've seen you before yes yes oh no no the last boy didn't have those stupid glasses and that fake mustache oh you can not the same person you
0: can't be the same (laughs) guy and she's like oh you're right the last boy didn't have the fake mustache
1: and those ridiculous glasses. A
0: weird. It was a weird line, but it was very well delivered by Gene Stapleton. It made no sense, but I liked it.
1: And then I love that he's helping her clean the dishes. And I wrote this. It was a normal size glass that he was washing. Like it's normal size for Jack. Her perspective so... is
0: all screwed up all around.
1: <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> but he drops it when the giant walks in. And this is uh, yet again another big entrance. Elliot Gould, and I love his line here because the giant has an existential crisis.
0: exactly what I wrote down, <laughs> he's having an existential crisis. <laughs> he's debating the meaning of his life.
3: What's life all about? Being a wicked giant is just kind of mm, fruitless. And you know what? What? I figured out today that when you die you're dead and then what's it all mean what's the difference if we all just end up dead anyway
1: what's it all mean (laughs) anyway
0: great breakthrough
1: what does it mean any all mean anyway what does it matter if we all just end up dead anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) what does it all mean
1: I got to say, his parts are my favorite. That's the thing that saved the episode for me. I love it. So oh, funny. I
0: totally agree. Totally agree.
1: So at this point, we have the hen, the golden hen. And he says, bring me my hen. And the hen comes out. And I don't know if you guys know noted this, but I noted this in my notes. It reminded me of like the hen from like the Muppets. It looked like a Muppet. I totally agree. Like, wasn't there a mm-hmm. hen on the Muppet show? Camilla. Yes. That's what it reminded me of.
0: Camilla. Yeah. It absolutely looked like a, a Jim Henson Muppet. That's what I wrote, but I, I hadn't thought of the name. Number.
1: The eyes and the, the yes. voice. The rah, like She's like, I don't know. Ridiculous.
0: <laughs> I was trying to look up who did the voice and it wasn't listed, but wouldn't surprise me at all if it was a puppeteer who worked with Jim Henson.
1: Well, Billy Bryan was the, the hen puppeteer. Probably the voice too then. And he's known for a lot of puppet work, notably Men in Black and Ghostbusters and Alien Species and Dune and a lot of things. So,
0: Okay, that's impressive.
1: Yeah, so he was, yeah, I guess probably also, like you said, probably also the voice would make sense. So yeah, so he steals the hen that lays the golden eggs. It's he not the goose with the hen. that
0: laid the golden egg. It's the hen that laid the golden egg. I kept writing goose in my notes and kept having to fix it.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is odd, but yeah, okay. <laughs> so there's that. And he takes her, he runs out squ- with her squawking and down the beanstalk. And right away shows his mother. And she's like, we have everything we need now. You don't need to go back. We're good. This is enough. We're going to have golden eggs forever. This is what she does. So- Listen
0: to your mother, Jack. Listen to your mother.
1: You know, and then we have the same situation again with the giant. The giant freaks out, you know, where's my hen? And, you know, all of that nonsense.
0: And Jack decides, even though they've got, you know, golden eggs forever, and they seem to be a happy trio, Jack, his mother, and the hen, who apparently talks a lot. He decides he needs to go back
1: up the beanstalk for personal reasons. Yeah, he doesn't know why he needs to go back. It's like something in me just tells me I have to go back. I don't know why.
0: Mom's so like, okay, is... I'll, I'll pack you a lunch.
1: <laughs> yeah, she lets him go. She lets him go. She's like, cool. Okay, that's fine. I'll pack you a lunch. We got you. So they finished their little picnic where they were having a picnic with the hen, you know, and feeding the hen grapes. Very interesting. And he goes up the beanstalk during the day, which is the first time he's done so. He's usually at night. Oh, and he's that. And he's climbing up the beanstalk during the day and- The narrator notes that Jack hasn't done this in a while. Being a little out of shape, Jack had to stop for a little break and a little snack. (laughs) And this is where the fairy comes down on the vine, just like Shelley does in the beginning of the episode. Exactly. And talks to him, and talks to him, and she tells him.
3: Many years ago, there was a very, very kind, compassionate, and brave man who lived in the land of the giant. He was well-liked by everyone because of his giving nature. But one day, the giant came to visit the man's beautiful castle, went on a rampage, slaughtered everything in sight, and then stole everything the man possessed. The only survivors were the man's wife and their infant son, Jack. That man was your father.
0: Why did we need this? It's such a soap you were calling it earlier. It's such a soap opera backstory. It it's not, it serves no
2: purpose. It serves no purpose
0: at all.
1: I'm not clutching my pearls. (laughs) I was not, I was not.
0: (laughs) I was not thrilled. actually i I felt like mark blankfield when he was in a later movie he was in robin hood men in tights he just raises his hand and goes question i'd like to raise a question if jack's father originally owned that castle why is it giant sized (laughs) exactly (laughs) plot hole plot hole
1: but it's not because he always hits his head on the stairs coming down
0: so was Jack's father like somewhere in between on the the, the giant scale? I don't, I don't understand. Was he I got, half giant? Was he half know. giant? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I remember
1: the door was always way too small that they the always had a duck to go through too, the door.
0: Yeah, the door was too huge for Jack, but too small for the giant. So I really wonder how big Jack's father was. And that could sound wrong. <laughs> you wonder how big his dad was, eh? <laughs>
1: Oh god. So I love this. So Jack is like got a little kick in his step. He's like, "Okay, cool." Cuz now really now
0: don't... he's that's why he went on. He needs to avenge his father, which I mean, that's clearly why they added it to make Dumb. Jack a little more noble instead Dumb. of just a pillaging murderous thief. But did anybody care? Was anybody invested in avenging Jack's father? I didn't care. Negative.
1: No. <laughs> No, couldn't care less, but here we are. Here we and, are. <laughs> and he's going to go back, and now his new plan is he's going to pretend to be a Swede. No, first a Scott. First a Scott, <laughs> and she doesn't like Scots, so then he comes up with Swede, and she's like, I love Swede." Both accents are similarly
0: atrocious, I... Okay. Uh... <laughs>
1: But I do like this moment. It's funny for Jean Stapleton. She's very funny in this.
0: Come in, my little Swede. And Scandinavian myself. I'm not sure how to take that, but okay.
1: (laughs) I don't know. She loves it. It's it's too funny. And then uh, I love that he's mopping and that she lifts her legs. And she's like, I guess, tickled by the mop. But the mop didn't even touch her. So and she starts giggling. I don't know. I I don't. I don't. Almost like they
0: weren't on the set at the same time.
1: Almost. (laughs) Almost. Perhaps. (laughs) And our giant uh, comes. Wait! 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 I love this moment when the giant walks in. I love this moment because we have an exchange between Gene Stapleton and Dennis Christopher. Yes. When when he jumps in the oven. Yeah,
0: and he closes the oven door, and he asks, "You know this is not."
3: don't you i'm an our dress, not a witch <laughs> be
0: specific it's important to be specific i give her credit there
1: <laughs> too funny too funny she makes him his meal again he walks in he does his whole thing his whole spiel again fee 5 fo fum and he yes. she's like you with that cold you couldn't smell a thing uh, i thought that was I'm a great line
0: food. i love
1: that <laughs> I sit down i'm gonna make you your food so he makes him his food and
0: He's like, I'm over that shtick, that whole FIFA <laughs> thing. I'm over it.
1: <laughs> and his potato poopies.
0: And can I don't think we've really <laughs> talked about it that much. Gene Stapleton and Elliot Gould really had very good
1: chemistry together. Oh, yeah. They really did. Oh, yeah.
0: I thought they played off each other very, very well. And yes, he's a giant and she's an ogress, but you really felt like, no, he was just coming home from work and she was tired of doing housework. And she's like, yeah, how's it going, honey? I, I bought them. I thought they worked really well
1: together. I totally agree. I really liked their chemistry together. And so after he's done with his meal, the giantess asks...
0: For the gold uh, no, harp. Yes,
1: the giantess, the giantess for the golden harp. Yeah, the golden harp. And he brings out the harp. And, and... Melina,
0: who plays the gold harp? Remind me. The one and only
2: Jerry Hall, who yes. is BFFs with Angelica Houston and who was with Mick Jagger at this point, which is why they're also both in The Nightingale. Yes. But she's just so iconic. And she's like, beautiful. I don't know if I necessarily knew who she was when I was a child, but obviously when I got older and I learned more about her and her career and saw her in like Tim Burton's Batman and all that stuff in that very small world, I was like, ah, that's <laughs> where I recognize you from, from my childhood. But, Oh, she's just, she's so gorgeous.
0: Gorge. Yes. I totally agree. She didn't, she didn't have any lines. She didn't need them. But every one of us remembers her playing the harp. She just looked beautiful. Her job was to be beautiful and sound beautiful. And she nailed it. And she did. She has like the wind in the
2: hair and like the side profile is like. And the glitter. Loved it. (laughs) Loved
0: it.
1: So good. So good. And she just, you know, doing her thing. The music that goes there is very effective. I do like the music. It is actually.
0: Yeah, it's a little haunting, I thought. That was the word I wrote down.
1: Yeah. Mm. I loved it. So once again, we have the same thing. Jack waits for the giant to fall asleep and he steals the harp and he starts running. Except this time,
0: the giant he notices w- that up. the
1: harp is not there anymore. The, the giant wakes up. He hears him. And they both look at each other square in the face. And the giant goes... you You, and then jack goes you this brilliant
0: dialogue
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) big moments and he's running out the door and the giant is behind him and i do love that shot of the giant where they pan in they do a close-up of the giant in the door frame
0: Uh, yeah we're still wondering who was that door built for
1: not the giant
0: yeah (laughs) And, and not for jack so okay perspectives i don't know if you people. i don't know if
1: you personally want to crawl through your front door every day but i don't it's so.
0: it's, it's not my preferred method no
1: <laughs> so yeah he climbs down he climbs down the beanstalk in like record speed he makes it to the bottom he's like mom grab anything scissors oh. whatever he and practically apps, goes something.
0: like a, a fireman down the pole on that thing he's moving
1: fast <laughs> very <laughs> he speaking. went fast fast he made it. i like he was like blinked, and he was down there. It was nuts. And the giant is down there, and he's and is trying to make his way down. And you know, his mom brings out the, the tools, and they're like hacking away at this thing, trying oh, to get remember, it. First, right? he
0: asks for an axe, and she she brings him like scissors or something. She's like, Start yeah, with that.
1: <laughs> and he's starting with scissors, and that's not really working. And then the axe happens, and he starts cutting down with the axe. And you do see Elliot Gould's. It starts to get shaky, and he's like, oh, oh, you know. A little ridiculous, but yeah. it's funny.
0: Well it, it was meant to be cheesy pantomime camp. It did suit it. It just did look really cheesy.
1: And lo and behold it falls and it's like very 80s special effects where it's like it falls into green smoke.
0: Yeah. Um I wrote down where did the giant go? Where did the beanstalk go? He cut it down but the beanstalk like disintegrated once it was cut down. What yeah what, what just... I wrote down dissolves. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's part of the magic beans, guys.
0: Well, I'm sorry. I guess i to have an answer. <laughs> I prefer Into the Woods, where the giant falls, and it's a big boom, and everyone's going, well, now there's a giant-shaped hole in the witch's yard, and what are we going to do? With this?
1: <laughs> Makes more sense. more plausible. But for this, I guess it's a cleaner cleanup, you know? It's just green smoke, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack I love presents this. the the mother, the mother decides yeah she presents it to the mother and go ahead Emily what what happens when he presents it to the mother
0: well then she has her moment of clarity and she remembers suddenly conveniently very soap opera e
3: ish I remember now your father was killed by by a giant that
0: her husband was killed by a giant up in the sky which seems to me that it would be something she would remember before but i guess she blocked it out seeing the harp brought it back okay and jack's like nodding going yeah you remember now isn't that Wonderful. And then we cut back to how Jack, his mother, the hen, the harp, and even the ogress are all living happily ever after in the castle. Okay. Who wants to point out the problem with this? How did they get back up there? Exactly.
1: (laughs) Right. Were they teleported? The beanstalk is gone. Unless they explained it that maybe the old man had more magic beans
2: maybe because yeah I or did the I fairy didn't... reach down did the fairy drop down a vine and like a lift i don't know
0: we don't know it's never explained we do get spot back the weird old man crazy old man odd man whatever they called him he does reappear and brings back spot but yeah how do they Spot get... lives spot lives <laughs> They all live happily ever after into that castle in the sky that we're not sure how they got back up there. And apparently the ogress is totally fine with the fact that Jack killed her husband. She's totally cool with it. Okay.
2: Which is Yeah, she's not know, she's it, not upset. No, she's like, Well, I
0: understand. <laughs> Let me do your
2: well, laundry.
0: She's she's like not even happy. She's like, Oh, I'll be your maid now. What? <laughs>
2: it's like, what do you owe this kid? You owe him nothing.
0: <laughs> it's kind of a very strange ending thrown together but it is a happily ever after and I wrote down then we finally finally get to the end credits <laughs> because I'm, f- I'm sorry this seemed like a very long episode to get through
2: <laughs> oh I agree I
0: agree oh my
2: goodness I mean it has it has some cute good moments but it's not one yeah. that I would choose to sit
0: down and watch agreed
1: it had some good moments. I'd say the saving grace for me was definitely Elliot Gould. His moments were very comedic. They were the same parts that I laughed at as a kid. I chuckled at again. Now it wasn't very fun to watch. Now this time it wasn't. I, I just have to say yeah. it was not.
0: I, I find it interesting. I mean, I've been very clear that this is probably my least favorite episode ever. I've, I've been pretty consistent on that since the early 90s. But I will say... One thing I I did understand on this reviewing that I never got before was the pantomime part, because before I just thought they were being stupid and cartoonish, and now I I get more what they were going for. That said, just because I get it doesn't mean I like it. So (laughs) (laughs) I will say,
2: though, Elliot Gould did have such a great time. Oh, he was.
0: Yeah, I, I think Elliot Gould is probably my favorite thing in this, too. My least favorite thing is probably the way the performances were done. Although it was pantomime and I understand why they did it that way, I wasn't emotionally involved at all. I really didn't care about Jack's father. I didn't care if Jack was going to get caught. I knew he wasn't going to get caught. The tone seemed silly and I would have done it more serious. I would have done it more as like an action-adventure episode you like know? jack the giant slayer
2: <laughs> in like the 2012s when everyone
0: was doing like fairy tale remakes okay so side note i'm actually in that movie hiding behind a pillar but that's a different story Are you really? Uh, I am. I was on the set when they filmed that and I had to hide behind a pillar. So I wasn't actually in it. But anyways. Oh my God. Do you have an IMDb credit as extra? Of course not. They didn't.
2: Lady behind pillar
1: number five. (laughs) That's
0: why they made me hide. Because I was dressed in jeans and a t-shirt. I was just at the castle when they filmed it. That's why they made me hide. (laughs) Anyways, I would have gone more action adventure with this episode. Kind of more like you know like chris reeve in sleeping beauty there was an action adventure vibe you, you were invested in it this just felt cartoonish and i just i didn't care i wasn't invested i wasn't worried i think that was my biggest problem with this episode
1: yeah it's not it's not the best it, i think that's the point of it is that you weren't invested there was no romance you know like a lot of the stories have
0: yeah and and
1: yeah, they're just not no redeeming qualities really about any of the characters. And they
0: tried. They they tried to turn it into a story of revenge or something. Avenging your
1: father's death
0: with that soap opera B story that none of us cared about.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know what? I'll ask you, Melina, first. What would you change about this episode if you could? I I think I already answered that for myself. But Melina, Ooh,
2: what, would you... what would I change? oh where to start the sets <laughs> and the art direction oh, I yeah. would make a little more believable I would completely cut out the dad side story yes and just yeah I would get rid of that completely and I think that yeah it just needs to be more fun because it just seems to be really slow it it did I would try and get a real cow a
0: real cow yeah <laughs>
1: I kind of like the fake cow. It was kind of giving me like like Into the Woods vibes.
0: Oh, fair enough. The cow doesn't bother me. It was more just the overall aesthetic. I get what they were going for now. Still didn't like it.
1: Or the Nana dog in Peter Pan.
0: Yeah, which is (laughs) classic. That's another perfect example of classic British pantomime was Peter Pan. And Jack and the Beanstalk is another classic
1: one they did a lot. Eric, what would you change if you could? I would just change... That awful, that god-awful, I know it's not green screen, but was it subbing in the characters into a a backdrop that just didn't fit? Yeah. Especially in the very beginning, it was so bad. I wrote down, I was like, this is glaringly awful.
0: I remember it looking bad when I first watched it in the 80s, and it looks worse now. It also could
1: have done without the the model set of the village. Yeah, and the farm. (laughs) Yeah, all of it. No, I didn't like any of that in the very beginning. That The whole beginning needed to be reworked because that was not it.
0: <laughs> None of us like the art direction. Oh, dear.
1: No. The score is good. I, I'm with you on the good.
0: score. I'm with you on the cast. I, I liked that. It, and the
1: art direction in the sky, the kingdom of the sky is very nice.
0: That's the one scene yeah. I thought was pretty.
1: <laughs> and the beanstalk. The beanstalk shots are very good.
0: Yes. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So what would we all rate this on a scale of one to 10? Eric, I'm going to throw you under the bus.
1: Six six out of 10, just because of nostalgia for me, because Elliot Gould saved it for me. I really would have been lower than that, but Elliot Gould definitely saved this for me. I loved his lines. So funny, such funny moments with the giant and the existential crisis. I love that. Not knowing the word for hands, these things. I don't know, just- He just had great, great, great moments. And he wasn't even on screen that long. Like maybe a combined 15 minutes tops.
0: Oh, I doubt it's even that long.
1: (laughs) You know, not even. So I don't know. I loved him. And, you know, there are a few redeeming qualities, which I just named about the art direction. There were a few moments of art direction that were great. And I did like the score. So I I mean, there are a few things that were redeeming about it. So I would say six out of 10, because I, I do remember liking this one, but I did not like it this much this time around. So...
0: Fair enough.
2: Melina? You are much nicer than I am about to be, Eric. Um, <laughs> I'm like a 3.5 to 4. No. Oh,
0: <laughs> lower than me.
2: <laughs> oh, really? I don't remember how many stars you gave it on your No, 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 I'm,
0: I'm talking Good. about where I am today, not where I was. Oh,
2: so I give it that low just because it's not one that I go back to and that I genuinely enjoy. And just, I don't really enjoy the campiness and the cheesiness of it. Elite Gould does do such a good job, both him and Gene Stapleton, but I just find the character of Jack annoying. Here, here. So when I don't like the main character, it's hard for me to Ooh. get into it.
0: I hadn't thought of it from that perspective, but you've got a good point. I don't sympathize with Jack. I don't care about Jack's backstory, and I care even less about his dead father. <laughs> I'm like, the only character I sympathized with was Jack's mother, and- Unfortunately, she, the great Catherine Hellman, who is a great comedic actress, got next to nothing to do. Uh, Seemed like such a waste for such a talented actress. I was actually at a... Now, I know back in the day, I probably gave this a a 1. I did soften on my rewatch. I'm at a 5 out of 10. But I've never liked this episode. I know Eric's about to embarrass me and read what I wrote 20 years ago. But I've been very steady. I've been a card carrying hater of this episode for a very long time. It's always been my least favorite. I did soften on my rewatch on one hand because I started to understand more of it. That said, I still didn't enjoy it. I found it dragged. It took me, it felt like it took me forever to get through and I there's a reason I watch this episode once a decade it's just my least favorite that doesn't say it doesn't have some redeeming qualities it does I love Elliot Gould actually I I love the entire cast Dennis Christopher is a great actor I Melina you might have hit on it I just don't care for the character of jack to some extent i don't really enjoy the story of jack and the beanstalk so much i i don't find it having that great of a message which leads me of course to another one of my wrap-up questions does this episode have any takeaways or a a message for you eric
1: nope (laughs) (laughs) i don't think there's a message i mean i think they tried i think they reached for a message. To fulfill your destiny and to avenge your father's death or something. but
0: You're not an ego Montoya,
1: Jack. (laughs) Like Melina said, there's no redeeming qualities about Jack. So it doesn't make it exciting to watch. As far as takeaways go, nope, got nothing. Stealing is cool. (laughs) Stealing is cool, kids. You can get a hen that lays gold eggs. (laughs)
0: It's okay if they stole from you first. Even if you didn't you know, they stole still- it back. Yeah, there you go. Stealing is cool. Cheaters prosper. I don't know. What what are they trying to say with this fairy tale? No idea. Be resourceful?
1: Yeah, I don't. I can't tell you. But what I can tell you is what Emily wrote about this episode. Uh, here we go. In the 90s. Emily loves this part. You actually were really rough on this episode back in that day. You were really, you were not very kind
0: that does not um, surprise were, me. I at think all. you are
1: nicer now <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I said. I think I think I softened a little. I only gave it five out
1: of ten. Well, you gave it a one spinning star. That's one out of four.
0: That's the lowest I could give. I wanted to give yeah. it. love if it I recall.
1: You wrote, if you can manage it, don't see this movie. This is, in my opinion, the worst fairy tale out there. Ooh. The story is warped, and the sets and costumes look like they're from an elementary school play. All of the actors are talented, but not one of them is turning in a good performance. Oh. As the Giants, Elliot Gould and Gene Stapleton, are trying to appear slow and funny, but they actually just come across as boring. Whoa. Catherine Hellman is completely wasted as Jack's mother. She starts off fine with the same exaggerated performances that made the episode of Little Red Riding Hood so great. But halfway through, she switches to a dramatic performance, which is completely wrong for this type of show. Dennis Christopher is another good actor, but just doesn't know what to do with his part. This is really the fault of the script, which is a complete mess. The production wouldn't be so scary if it wasn't for the character of the man dressed as a woman appearing at the Beanstalk. (laughs) I didn't get it as a kid, as an adult. I still don't get it. I found it honestly kind of creepy. This is one episode I'd advise you to skip.
3: Oh, wow. I was brutal. ruthless. You
1: just, you set it on fire. <laughs> and swept away the ashes.
3: Oh, wow.
1: You said, there is nothing. You want to know what's good about this episode? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Not a thing.
0: Okay. So I might've been a little over-opinionated in my youth. <laughs>
1: Wow. Poor Daddy Gould. Poor Daddy Gould.
0: <laughs> I love Gould. <laughs> oh, I love Billy. Gould. Yeah, Melina, we, we all know where that came from. But, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. I stand behind, well, apparently I stand behind 50% of that. <laughs> I do think Catherine Hellman was wasted. I do think that. She didn't have good
1: was- lines. She didn't have good lines.
0: She only had good lines. She She had a few good moments at the very beginning, but and just, she was kind of just there. and So anyway,
1: horrible. So horrible. I
0: definitely did not understand the Mark Blankfield character before. I get it now. I called him scary or terrifying. I, I called him. Creepy. I, yeah, I, I love you, Mark Blankfield. Please don't take that personally. That was just me, honestly, not getting it. I did not get it. I get it now. And he's another great actor. I just did. I didn't get it. I didn't get it then. (laughs) I'm still not sure it worked. No, it didn't work. It didn't work. Who am I kidding? It didn't work. But wow, that was brutal. Even for over opinionated, whatever I was, 18 year old me. (laughs) I guess I called myself an adult. So I must have just turned 18.
1: That's cute.
0: Ouch, that one's
1: harsh. I... That, was, that was rough. And to be yes. honest, it's not, I didn't love this one as much on a second time around when you were like going on about, oh, this is going to be rough. I really don't like that episode. I'm like, I was kind of, I remember kind of liking it. Like, I don't remember loving it, but I remember liking it. And this time around, it was like all of us, all three of us were like, this was rough to get through. Like, this was not it.
0: <laughs> melina I, please don't make it out like we assigned this to you you requested this one as i recall <laughs> i did it for oh. i did it for
2: daddy i did it for daddy, you for might daddy want to
0: yeah sh- melina's got a big thing for elliot Gould that she is well be- my wife
2: has a big thing for him so ah. she gave him the nickname and then since i am just a big elliot Gould fan I support her by also continuing with the nickname.
0: I love it. it. And I
1: support it. it. And I support it.
0: We all support you. We all support Daddy Gould. Absolutely.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yes. Well, this has been a great time, even though it wasn't a great episode.
0: It it was just interesting. (laughs) It was with great people. It it, it was interesting. I found it during our rewatch because all three of us watched it in different locations. And Melina and Eric, although they will deny it, they're like, no, we're, Enjoy this episode, and I'm like, all right, I'll get through it. And then you both ended it, and you're like, "Gosh, this was hard to get through." And I went, "I told you so." Eric just read it. I, I've been telling you for decades, so avoid but, it like the plague. Uh, that said, this is one time where I went. I think I went too far in the other direction. Usually, I'm like, "Oh, well, that was really generous of me." This time, I'm going, "Yeah, that that was a little unnecessary." <laughs> Well, maybe that'll be the theme for this episode. We live, we learn.
1: Exactly.
0: And we can always change our minds. <laughs> On that happy note, I want to thank Melina for joining us again. As always- thank you for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure to, to have you as our guest. And join us next time when we are reviewing The Little Mermaid.
1: Yes. The Little Mermaid.
0: So until then, thank you, Melina. Thank you, Eric. And remember to live happily ever after. Good night.
1: Thank you. And good night.
0: Thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye.